Alright, good morning Grace Church, great to see you out this morning, it's really, really a pleasure to have you here. Were you all planning on to be here the first service? Did you forget to set your clocks back? No, I'm just messing. Good job setting your clocks back, and it's great to, great to have you. We're starting a new series today, and it's called Joshua. I want to welcome those of you that are online. My name is Justin Ross, lead pastor here at Grace Church, and uh, we're starting this series called Joshua. It's the sixth book in the Bible. Okay, you open up your Bible to the very beginning, and it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then you get to the book of Joshua. And I'm excited about this. We're going to spend the whole month of November in Joshua. We're going to be doing a Christmas series in December, and then we're going to jump back into Joshua in January. But uh, I believe God is going to teach us a lot of things um, through this book called Joshua. And so let me give you a little bit of context and tell you a little bit about what's going on in Joshua. Um, Before Joshua, um, the the nation of Israel had been promised by God um, a land. Um, God promised the nation of Israel that they were going to go into the promised land. And the nation of Israel didn't enter that land. They didn't go into the promised land because their hearts were continually hardened. They were stubborn. They wanted to do it their way. They thought their ideas were better than God's ideas, and they thought their ways were better than God's ways. And so for 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness, kind of aimless, without direction, kind of lost, you could say. And they didn't enter in to that promised land that God had promised them. And I want to start this morning by asking, maybe, maybe that's how you feel a little bit. Maybe you feel like, man, you're kind of just, um, your life is without purpose right now. Or maybe you feel a little bit aimless. You feel like you're, you're kind of lost, like you're just journeying around, but you don't really know where you're supposed to go. You don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. You feel a little bit lost. That was the nation of Israel. They were under the leadership of a man named Moses, and Moses was a humble and a very strong and incredible leader. But under his leadership, they had yet to go into that promised land, and once again, it was because of their stubbornness. It was because of their hardness of heart, and I have to ask you the question as well is, sometimes you may struggle with that. Maybe you think your ways are better than God's ways. Maybe you have a hard time submitting to God's plan, and you kind of want to do it your way. That was the nation of Israel, and they just kept wandering around in the wilderness. They were lost. They were struggling. And then came Joshua. Moses was at the end of his life, and as we pick up the book of Joshua, Moses dies. Okay, This strong, humble leader dies, and Moses is given the leadership reins to lead the nation of Israel into this promised land, into the land that was um, uh, the land of blessing, into a land where there was going to be milk and honey flowing. You know, it was, it was the promised land from God. Let me tell you a little bit about Joshua. His very name means God saves. Joshua means Yahweh saves. Once again, God had given this promise to the nation of Israel that they were going to be in this promised land, but for 40 years they were wandering around um, because of their hardness of hearts, because their ways they thought were better than God's ways. And Moses had just died, and Joshua is now stepping into this leadership role. The role of leading Israel into a better future. 
Now, the events in the book of Joshua, they span about 25 years. So when you start reading Joshua to the end of Joshua, it's only about 25 years time frame. And it begins with Israel on the banks of the Jordan River. And they're not yet in the promised land. They're actually looking across the Jordan River. And the the first city that they're going to have to encounter is the city of Jericho. But they're looking across into the promised land. And man, there's so much to learn. There's so much packed in these stories in the Old Testament. But once again, that may be you. Like once again, you may, you may feel like an outsider kind of looking in. You, you know what the promised land looks like. You know where you want to be. You know where you want to go. But you haven't yet crossed into the promised land. That was the nation of Israel. The book of Joshua is full of numerous military campaigns that defeated the inhabitants of the promised land to Israel. The book of Joshua is packed full with leadership wisdom. And there's a lot of things to learn in Joshua about leadership. The book of Joshua is packed full with God's fulfilled promises. Remember, for 40 years, the nation of Israel were wandering around and they were like, man, God, are you going to keep your word? Are you going to keep your promise? And in the book of Joshua, God keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. And then the book of Joshua is also packed with great reminders that God is faithful. And the reality is, God will be victorious. Okay? News flash, all right? Sound the alarms. God wins. All right? He always does. He will be victorious. That is the book of Joshua. Let's talk about Joshua the man for just a moment. Remember, Joshua just got this label kind of pinned to his lapel, um, and, and the title says leader. He just got put into a leadership role. And it doesn't say this about Joshua, but whenever I read the book of Joshua, I, I personally feel like Joshua struggled with discouragement. You know why I believe this? is because in the very first few verses of the very first chapter, God reminds Joshua time and time again to be strong and courageous. God had to remind Joshua to be strong and courageous. God spoke to him after he became Israel's leader, and the reminder was is to be strong and courageous. He said, don't be dismayed or discouraged. And, and, and that's what I'm speaking to you this morning. I'm here to tell you this morning that sometimes the only thing you can do is to be strong and courageous. You need to be strong and courageous. You may not be able to solve all the problems. You may not be able to figure it all out. Sometimes the only thing you can do is to be strong and courageous. Whatever your future has for you, whatever problems you're facing, sometimes what you need to do is you need to be strong and courageous. Joshua was reminded by God to be strong and courageous. A couple things you need to know about Joshua. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write these things down and some things we can learn from the life of Joshua as we're going through the book of Joshua. But number one, Joshua remembered who was ultimately in charge. 
This was a great quality of Joshua. He knew that God was in control. He remembered that God was in charge. He may have struggled with discouragement. You may struggle with discouragement. But God commanded him to be strong and courageous. Remember, it was a commandment from God. He said, I have commanded you to be strong and courageous. It was an order from his general to be strong and courageous. And this order from the one true general gave him the strength to go where he was led to go and to do what he was instructed to do. And it gave him the fortitude to move through his discouragement into the destiny, into the land that God had for him and the people that he led. And that may may be you this morning. Maybe you're facing this huge wall of discouragement. You may have to walk through that discouragement to get to your promised land, to get to the place where God wants you and your family to be. Number two, Joshua followed God's counsel. This was another great great quality of Joshua. He he followed the counsel of God. And when you read the book of Joshua, you're going to quickly see that God led Joshua to do some things that required great faith. He led Joshua to do some things that was like, what? You know, like, you're, you're asking me to do this? Like, what? This is crazy. This, from a human perspective, this doesn't make a lot of sense. But yet, Joshua submitted to the counsel of God. He did what God instructed him to do. And the end result of Joshua listening to God was victory. Okay? The end result of you doing what God leads you to do is you win. You will be victorious. That's what we learn from Joshua. Number three, Joshua knew that it was bigger than him. Okay? He knew it wasn't all about him. You know, you know what darkness loves? Darkness loves nothing more than to single you out and to get you to think that there's no one else in this room, in this church, for sure. You know, there's no one else in this community. There's no one else in this world that's struggling the way I'm struggling. Darkness loves to get you to think that, man, there is no one else that struggles with the temptation or these negative thoughts that I'm having. Darkness loves to get you all alone thinking that you're the only one that struggles with this or with that. And the reality is, is that is not true. It's not true. You see, it's not all about you. Our lives intersect with others. And and when we take a step of faith and we begin to open up to another brother or sister in Christ, all of a sudden we'll see, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one that struggles with this thought or this temptation or this addiction or I'm not in this alone. You see, the battles we face and their outcomes are bigger than us. The ripple effect is wider than just us. And the more self-centered we are, the more ineffective we become. Okay, The more self-centered we are, the more ineffective we become. But Joshua knew that it was bigger than him. He knew that he was in this role for a reason of leading the nation of Israel. But he knew it wasn't all about him. God had a much bigger purpose, a much bigger plan. And then number four, Joshua knew that God was with him. 
I love the last part of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, remember, this is a man that's struggling with discouragement. He probably has a lot of doubts. He's thinking to himself, man, I'm I'm not a leader like Moses was. I'm not going to be able to do it the way he did it. You know, he has all this kind of negative self-talk. And God says, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. That's awesome. I will not fail you or abandon you. Hey, Joshua, I'm going to be with you, man. Okay? I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses, and I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. Remember, once again, Joshua had just taken over this leadership role. Mighty and humble Moses was gone. Joshua had some big shoes to fill. And with God's help, he filled them. He stepped into that role. And I think there may be times where maybe you're facing something that seems, uh, it seems insurmountable. It seems like something that you can't overcome in your own strength. Or maybe you're stepping into a new role at work or a new leadership role in school or whatever it may be. And you feel like you have big shoes to fill. Well, you need to know that there are going to be bumps along the way. But man, could we, could we make a commitment to each other? Like, I just want to challenge you maybe to make a, a decision right now to make a commitment with God to take Joshua chapter 1, the last part of verse 5, maybe write it down on a note card, you know, and stick it on your mirror in your bathroom or on your radio in your car or, you know, stick it to your forehead, you know, whatever you need to do. But remind yourself that God is saying to you, He's speaking to you and He's saying, I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. You see, God is not in the business of failing. Our God does not fail. That's that's not what He does. He doesn't fail. He's always victorious. Our God is not an absentee father. He's not like, hey man, um, you are my son, you are my daughter, Peace out. He's not going to walk away from you. He's not an absentee father. No, he's going to welcome you into the family and he will never fail you or abandon you. And when you feel like a loser, okay, when I feel like a loser, what we need to do is we need to tell those feelings to take a hike, okay? Because you need to remember that feelings are not facts. Okay, the enemy, the darkness, is the accuser. All right, if you could picture like a courtroom scene and, and, and the accuser is just pointing his big nasty finger right at your face saying, you're guilty of this, you're no good at that. He's accusing you of everything you've done wrong. But Jesus steps in front of the accuser and he says, hey, no more. You can't accuse her anymore. You can't accuse him anymore because I've forgiven them. And when you feel like a loser, when I feel like a loser, we need to take those feelings in prayer to God. We need to take them to the throne of the Almighty God. And we need to remember that God is with us. Feelings are not facts. We need to be reminded, I am a son of the Almighty God. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Almighty God. That's your identity. That's who you are. It's an incredible place to be. 
You know, in the preparation of this sermon, I was a little bit conflicted, to be honest with you, because Joshua 1.9 <laughs> is in chapter 1, right? Oh my gosh, like, as a preacher, this is like low-hanging fruit, okay? Have I not commanded thee, be strong and courageous? I mean, as a preacher, you're like, I'm going to camp out on Joshua 1.9, and that's what we're going to talk about. But you know, honestly, God... Um, He, he steered me a different direction, okay? He led me in a different path. He stirred me in the direction of focusing on verses 10 and 11. And my hope this morning, for the remainder of our time, my hope is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pastor you this morning. And we're going to learn some incredible things from these two verses in, in Joshua chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. And um, so the reality is, is I'm actually trying to go after the fruit that's a little bit higher up in the tree. Okay. Um, and I guess we'll see how I do. All right. You'll, you'll get to be the judge this morning. The title of the sermon today is get ready. So let's read verses 10 and 11 of Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one, verses 10 and 11 says, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is given you. First lesson that we're going to learn this morning is this. Leadership matters. Leadership matters. Joshua went straight to the commanding officers. He went straight to the leaders and he said, hey, I want you to go and tell the people. He went straight to the leaders and then the leaders influenced the people. The leaders led the people. You see, leadership is one of our core values here at Grace Church. We believe that leadership really matters because things don't just magically happen. All throughout history, all throughout the scriptures, God has raised up men and women and children who have led people into the land of blessing and provision and protection. Leadership matters. Number two, secondly, what we can learn from Joshua chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 is that vision matters. Joshua said, in three days, we will cross the Jordan River and we will take possession of the land. This is going to happen. This is what we are going to do. He gave clarity of focus. He gave vision. And when the people have clarity, listen, you know this in your work experience, those of you that are teachers at school, those of you that coach teams, you know, those of you that have worked in business, those of you that have pastored churches, like, you know this, I know this. When people have clarity on the vision, they know where they're supposed to go, what they're supposed to do, they will spring to action, and they will do great things. I've seen it. You've seen it. Especially collectively, when a group of people get laser-focused on what God wants them to do, watch out! Because great and mighty things are about to happen. Joshua said, we will cross the Jordan and we will take possession of the land. He gave vision. And then number three, what we can quickly learn from those two verses is that 
short-term and long-term goals matter. Short-term and long-term goals matter. You see, the short-term goals that Jacob, um, Joshua rather, that Joshua gave were very clear. He said, get everything ready. All right? Pack up your belongings. Get your tents put away. Um, you know, round up the cattle. Uh, get your blankets and your clothes. Prepare the food. Make sure your family's ready to go. All right, he said, this is what I want you to do today, is I want you to get ready. Start packing. Make sure you're ready to cross the Jordan and to go take the land. And then his long-term goals were also very clear. He said, we're going to cross the Jordan River, and we're going to take possession of the land that God has promised us. And if any enemy stands in our way, we will defeat them with the help of God. You see, it's like vision is like the mountain peak, right? We know we want to get to the peak because we know the views are going to be awesome. That's where we're trying to go. But having short-term and long-term goals is like, hey, in order to get to that peak, we first have to get over this ridge, right? That's the first like short-term goal. We have to get over this ridge. And then beyond that, there's going to be another ridge. But if we can get over this ridge and then the ridge beyond that, we can get to the peak. Short-term and long-term goals really matter. So, how does this apply to us? How does this apply to us? I brought a, I brought a stool up here this morning. Okay, I'm not a stool guy, all right, because I'm a preacher, and I feel like i got to stand, and i got to wave my arms around, and i got to move and kind of, you know... Yeah, I got to be in an athletic stance, you know, when I'm preaching. But I brought a stool today because I'm going to try to sit down. I'm going to try to calm down. And I'm going to try to pastor you a little bit this morning as a church. All right? That's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to sit down. All right? We'll see how long this lasts. All right? I'm going to try not to be too fidgety. The question is, is how does this apply to us? So one of the core values, like leadership, we have another core value here at Grace, and the core value is transparency. We want to be transparent with you about what's going on in the ministries of Grace Church, what's going on around the ministries, what's going on outside of the ministries of Grace Church. So I want to talk to you about a couple things that's going on in the ministries of Grace Church and a couple of things that are right in front of us that I'm super excited about and passionate about. So I'm going to use the three points that I've already shared from Joshua. And I'm going to use these three points to try to communicate this information to you this morning. So hopefully it makes sense and it's uh, somewhat organized. But number one is leadership matters. And and this is something I'm, I'm really passionate about personally and as your pastor. I'm, I'm passionate about leadership, but I think, I think there's something in the culture of Grace Church. I think there's something that's outside of Grace Church, too, where I think sometimes people are afraid of leadership. And the reality is, is because maybe they had a leader that was not in it for the right reasons. Maybe they had a leader that 
um, was abusive. Maybe they had a leader that was a bad leader, and so they had a bad experience. So whenever they think of leadership, they have a, they have a bad taste in their mouth. The way we've defined leadership here at Grace Church, like honestly, I could ask this, this room and we'd probably get 70 different definitions of leadership. So we, we said, hey, we need to have a, a common definition. We need to agree on a definition. And what we landed on was leadership is using our influence and the power of the Holy Spirit to change the world. Using our influence and the power of the Holy Spirit to change the world. And so I quickly, I just wanted to show you our leadership structure as a church, all right? I want to be transparent about our leadership structure. Some of you, this may bore you to death. Some of you are going to be excited about it. This is what we're doing. So buckle your seatbelts. I couldn't stay in the seat long, see? All right, very quickly, this is our leadership structure. Don't let the busyness um, frustrate you, okay? This is my best graphics ability, all right? I did this work, all right? You guys can clap for me, please. Thank you. All right, all right. So that big arrow on the top is the individual. Our heartbeat is wherever we connect with an individual, wherever they are. If they come into a church service, if they go to a small group, if we as a Grace family interact with them, you know, trigger treating, however we connect with someone that's outside of Grace Church, however broken they are, wherever they are, however they voted, whatever they believe, we love them, okay? And we want to help them get there, and there is closer to Jesus. So everything we do in and around Grace Church is to help the individual get closer to Jesus Christ. And so we've set up some structure to try to help us take good care of people. And, and we, set in, we set up get in, grow up, go out. We want to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, we want to see them come into the family of God. We want to help them grow up in their faith. We want to help them deepen their faith. And then we want to help them go out. That's not get out. Okay, that's go out. All right, we want, we want to see them go and make a difference in their families and in their community. Right now, uh, Louise Powers Ackley is overseeing our get in. I oversee the grow up. And, and Pastor Keith Elwine oversees the go out. And then we have supporting ministries and our mindset is we want to be very flexible and fluid. And so if there's a new ministry that God leads us to do, we want us to be able to say yes. If there's a ministry that we're doing and it's not effective anymore, we may say, hey, hey, we're done with that now. But all the ministries are supporting, once again, the individual. Get closer to Jesus Christ. And then we have some leadership teams. We have the pastor team, stewardship team. We have a strategy team. If, if we're running into some brick walls as a church, we have some people that are, man, God has gifted them with the ability to, to help us think through different problems and help us solve problems. And then we have the elder team that really, uh, their job is to make sure I don't go off the rails, right? Or that we're staying focused as a church and we're, we're a biblical church and we're actually going the way that God wants us to go. But that's our structure. I wanted you to see that. But I come back to the idea that leadership matters. And the reason I'm talking to you about this is because I think in our, in our church culture, I've, I've heard it in a few different areas, but I think people are afraid of the term leadership. And in, in a lot of churches, I think instead of being strong and courageous, I think a lot of churches are timid, overly cautious, and afraid. 
Okay, let me say that again. Instead of being strong and courageous and actually getting after it and going and doing what God has led the church to do, a lot of churches are rather timid, overly cautious because they're trying to be perfect, good little Christians and they're afraid. They just want it to be comfortable. And when, when I read the scriptures, I see that God raises up men and women and even children at times to lead God's people to move away from being timid, to move away from fear, to move away from being overly cautious and to actually be strong and courageous and to go and do what God has led us to do. So I just want to encourage us, let's not be afraid of the term leadership. And our small group leaders, they're going to they're be pastors of, of people in their homes. They're going to encounter people that have uh, addictions. They're going to encounter people who are, are contemplating suicide. They're going to encounter people whose marriages are falling apart. And we can't be timid. And we can't be overly cautious. And we can't be afraid. We actually have to be strong and courageous. And we have to try to lead those individuals to the source of help. And that's Jesus Christ. And that takes leadership. And it's not going to happen magically. It takes leadership. Well, as you can tell, we're a little bit passionate about leadership. And leadership here at Grace Church, they've been making some decisions. And I want to bring you in on some of those decisions. Back in 2005, um, Grace Church... uh, was really blessed of the Lord. We were, um, to save you the long, the long or the short of the story, we were given property out on Highway 160. Okay, we did like a land swap. And uh, we had 20 acres out on 160. And since 2005, we have done everything in our power to turn over every stone, to, to look at every angle and to try. We were looking at trying to relocate. The idea was, is, man, maybe we could relocate out on 160. We could be between Durango and Bayfield. We could draw from both communities. It would be like a, a great location. And the, the short of, of this long story is God said no. And it wasn't without a lot of effort and prayer and striving and working hard. But God didn't open the doors. And um, the leaders of Grace Church made the decision that, hey, we're going we're gonna to sell that property. We, we believe God has given us this resource and... You know, we were just tired of looking at it, just sitting out there empty, and we want to do something with this resource um, to honor God and to bless people. And so a week and a half, two weeks ago, we put it up for sale. Um, We had a few offers. It's currently under contract, and we closed December 15th, and it was a cash offer. It was incredible. And we have an incredible stewardship team leader. John Williamson is doing a great job, and... um, we are definitely selling the property at the top of the market. And so I think we're being good stewards with this resource, okay? So we're selling that 20 acres, and then it brings up the question, okay, what are we going to do with it? <laughs> you know, what are we going to do with these funds? What are we going to do with the small pile of money that God is giving to us? What are we going to do with this? The point is, is that leaders are leading, they're making decisions, but my goal, my hope this morning was to bring you in on that. No decisions have been made on what we're going to do with the money, but man, I want to hear your heart 
I want to have conversation with you. I want you to talk with the elders on the elder team. I want us to have conversation about it. I don't want us to be afraid to talk about it. God has given us an incredible resource, and I believe he's going to do incredible things with it. So um, I'm bringing you in on the know, okay? I want you to know what's going on and, and what's happening. Number two, vision matters, okay? The vision of Grace Church is this, imperfect people leveraging everything for those who are far from Jesus. Imperfect people leveraging everything for those who are far from Jesus. So when it comes to the the decisions that we make, especially with resources and that kind of stuff, we always try to filter it through the vision. So whatever we do with the resources, we want it to be used in a way that honors God, but it's reaching people that are far from Jesus, and it's helping them to get closer to Jesus. That's what we want the resources to be used for. Our vision is to reach people, and the mission of our church is to make disciples. That's what God has instructed us to do, is to go and to make disciples. So when we begin to steward those resources, once again, we have to filter those decisions through our vision. If I could just say it this way, we have a really big heart for people who are not really religious and have it all together. We have a really big heart for people who are just genuinely looking for hope and help and deliverance. And we just want to be there to say, hey, your hope is in Christ. Your help is in Christ. The only way you can be delivered is through Jesus Christ. That's our vision. Remember what Grace Church is? We talked about this in our Forward series. We want Grace Church to be a place where people connect with God, where they have conversation with God, and where they make commitments to God, where they make decisions, and their lives are transformed. They go a different path. They go a different direction. So Joshua painted the horizon for the Israelites He said, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. And I'm trying to do the same this morning. Hey, we're selling our property and we're going to reinvest it. We're going to use it somehow, some way. But the horizon is is, is we're going after this region. We're going after those who are far from Jesus and we're trying to reconcile them back to Christ. Then number three, short-term and long-term goals matter. All right? Are you guys with me? All right? Okay. Short-term and long-term goals matter. And if I could be honest with you, we we as a church have not been very good at this. I'm going to just be blunt, okay? I haven't been very good at this. We talked about the gate of distractions. Um, I'm guilty. I've let the tyranny of the urgent overtake what's really important. And, And sometimes I've gotten distracted and we've lost sight of where God really wants to take us as a church. It's like, hey, squirrel, you know? And that's kind of my focus has been taken away. And I guess I'm committing to you this morning as your pastor, I'm going to try to get better at this. I'm going to, get, I'm going to try to get better at staying focused on, man, what are our short-term goals? What are our long-term goals? How do we get to where God is leading us to go? Um, I guess what I'm trying to tell you this morning is get ready. All right? Get ready. When Pastor Chris and his, and, his, and his family moved to Ohio, you know, I had 
the privilege to just sit down with him and talk. And he asked me a question. He said, Justin, if you could do it again, like what would you do different? Which is, I think is always a good question to ask. But very quickly it came to my mind. I said, Chris, you know what? If I could do it again, I would take more risks. I wouldn't play it so safe. And I'm 42, so I'm a young chicken, all right? So that's, I'm just trying to say that's the mentality, that's the heart of your pastor is, I just, I don't want to get to the end and look back and go, dang, why, why didn't we go for it? Why didn't we take more risks? Why didn't we step out in faith? Why did we play it so safe? I don't, I don't want to say that. So I'm trying to shepherd the leaders. I'm trying to shepherd the church in that direction. Of Hey, let's step out. And if, this is just the way I think, so I'm going to say it. But hey, if we go down, we go down swinging. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. Let me, let me share just a couple things that we're dreaming about to help prime the pump. Okay, I'm trying to get maybe even... Not super specific because we haven't made any decisions, but hey, this is what we've been talking about in the elder team, the pastor teams, things we've been dreaming about. So the question is, is what should we do? We're going to get this small pile of money. What should we do? So one of the things we've talked about is maybe we do some major repairs around this building. Maybe we try to fix some things that really need to be fixed and we continue ministering and serving right here where we're at and we try to expand our influence right here. Something else we've talked about is, is maybe we tear down this building and maybe we rebuild, you know, we build a new building right here in this location and it would be something that would bless future generations to come, you know. But maybe we, we stay in this location right here in Durango and we continue to try to expand our influence and try to take the gospel to this region right here with a new building. And let me just be clear, uh, it's not a building that's the answer, right, but... Okay, I'm going to move on. Should we, uh, something else we talked about is, man, maybe we take that pile of money and we start a second campus in Bayfield. Like we have a lot of people that attend from Bayfield. So what if we did some repairs here so we could keep meeting here, but we looked to find a venue, you know, a place to meet in Bayfield and we started a second campus in Bayfield and we, we, we tried to spread the gospel that way. Um, another idea that we threw out was, what if we sold this property too? You know, let's, let's go homeless. Grace Homeless Church, right? That's awesome. Let's go homeless. And let's see what God does with that. You know, like, or maybe we sell this property, the 20 acres, and we relocate. We find a new building, a new piece of property. Um, you know, that's, those are things that we've talked about. Um, what would God have us do? And I guess I'm saying all this because... This is exciting, y'all. Man, this is exciting stuff. And I want you to speak into it. I want you to be praying about it. I want you to dream about it. Um, I think God is going to do some incredible things um, with our stewardship of the resources that he's given us. So I want to remind us, leadership matters. Vision matters. Short-term, long-term goals matter. And to summarize everything that I've talked about this morning, it's like, why are we even talking about this? Why are we putting so much effort towards this? What's, what's the point, Justin? The point is, is the gospel really matters. 
That's, that's why we do what we do. That's why we're trying to grow. That's why we're trying to expand the reach of Grace Church is because the gospel really matters. And people really matter. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the example of Joshua. And there's just so much to learn from your word. And Lord, I, I love the, the things that you have done in and through Grace Church up until this point. And it seems like we're at a, we're at a point where we're kind of at the Jordan River. We're looking across maybe into the promised land. And Lord, I pray that you just give us wisdom. Give us discernment. And Lord, give us the mental strength to say, we're going to move forward and we're going to be strong and courageous. We're not going to be timid. We're not going to be overly cautious. and We're not going to be fearful. We're going to be strong and courageous and we're going to move forward in faith and we're going to destroy any enemy that we encounter. God, help us to have that kind of a mindset. Lord, I pray for your favor to be upon the ministries of Grace Church and the people of Grace Church. And I pray that the best is yet to come and the future of Grace Church is, is so bright. And I just pray that you would do great and mighty things through your people. In Jesus' name, amen.